0: Welcome everybody to Top 5 Top 5. We're talking the wide receiver 2020 NFL Draft. I'm your host, IBS Jesus, and I have with me the commissioner who's back again, Ronnie Carlton. How you doing today, Ronnie?
1: doing all right,
0: man. I'm hanging in there. Having some technical difficulties, man. I think my son muted my mic on his way upstairs because it's bedtime, so he was a little ticked off, but he muted my mic, and I nice was talking move. to myself. <laughs> um, so interesting, move. Anybody not familiar with the way the show is going to run, we're going to go and talk our top five in the wide receiver draft class, and then we will also add in uh, one or two people that we think could also make a case for being in the top five and then discuss the pros, the cons, uh, what we might have seen on film what people are saying about them and then um what we expect out of them at the next level so um we could just start with the number one receiver i'm i'm not sure who your number one is so i'm curious to hear who do you have as your number one receiver in the 2020 draft class
1: we're the same it's your uh it's your love child Jerry Judy <laughs> my man Jerry Judy Jerry Judy is,
0: like I told somebody in the group this week, Jerry Judy walks on water until I see otherwise, and if for some reason he sinks, I'm going to blame the coach. Um, I, I just I love Jerry Judy. Um, he's everything that I want out of a wide receiver, although I will say that um, the more you read on him as you dig deeper, people are a little concerned with his hand. Um, mostly not that he can't catch difficult catches, Um It's just that he drops a lot of easy passes. And I saw somebody made a a pretty good case um, and their their reasoning for that. They were saying that Judy's – honestly, when you watch him on film or even if you watch them live during the game, it's very rare that he's got people within arm's reach of him. So it could be that he's just not used to having to catch through traffic and things like that. So um, it's – not necessarily a red flag, but something that does cause concern. Do you have any comments about the, Judy? You're
1: starting you the podcast off. You're starting the podcast off making excuses for somebody already, bro.
0: <laughs> I told you he's he's my number one. I I, I don't know, in the man. Bag, I mean,
1: bro, you're in the bag. Nah, man. I look, love him. look, yeah, I don't have look. Love him. I I, I man, get I it. Really People don't
0: like his hands but per up. se. But what's your before we even get on? Because I got a hundred excuses for Judy. What's what's the most important thing to you when you're looking at a wide receiver? Like let's say you're drafting a wide receiver and, and you're looking to add this piece to your team. What is the number one quality that the wide receiver has to have?
1: The ability to separate, create separation. Okay. And okay. If you're a big receiver, obviously you're not going to create as much separation, but at the catch point, you at least create separation, like somebody like uh, Mike Evans or somebody like that, but you have to create separation. However you run the route, however you figure it out, if you're a post up guy, if you find holes and zones, if you run perfect routes, whatever you do, you have to get open. And to me, catching is not secondary, but to me, if you're in college football, your hands got to be halfway decent. Like, if hands are what excludes you from the conversation, you got a big problem that doesn't even need to be – like, you have to be so T.O. to have bad hands and be successful. True, true.
0: I, I, um, I'm um, i along the same lines. I, I wouldn't classify it as inspiration, but I, I – I think that's exactly what I'm I'm getting at when I say I, I like route running. Um, I, I think people who can run routes are, are truly the, the special talents in the league, and they have to be crisp. Like, it can't just be – like, you can't be rounding out routes or, or cutting them short. You just have to be very precise. And I always go to uh, Larry Fitzgerald as, as somebody that's just a testament to what being a student of route running can really do for your career. Like, the guy can still get – he can he can still be useful in any system because his routes are so crisp, and it really helps uh, your quarterback. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, honestly. If you can run really good routes, uh, the chemistry there just gets on point so much quicker, and it, and it's just it works wonders. So um, back to Judy, since you said I made too many excuses, what's your? You start with the cons of what you see in Judy, and then talk
1: about the pros. There aren't a lot of cons. I mean, he's not six foot four, or, I mean, I guess he could be a little bit bigger. There are, there are mm-hmm. concentration drops, I would say, like one of those where his eyes are getting too big and you just you try to, like, run before you catch it. I've seen that. I mean, his frame, maybe the durability, um, he's not going to win contested catches on a consistent basis just because of his size. He's going to have to get a little stronger when he faces press. But, like, all these things are correctable and are very minor. And, like, Antonio Brown is not big and isn't too – I mean, he's built well, but not super strong. So, I mean, I think it's just, his weaknesses are the weaknesses that you would have as a person that size. But he's an A prospect to me. Yeah, I
0: um, I think – I think my uh, pro comparison was Antonio Brown. I just, I just love the <clears throat> the acceleration he gets uh, in his routes and his breaks and and how he creates separation just off of just like you were talking about like his feet and things like that. Like it's it's just it's an art form, man. And and I um I like I said I understand people got concerns about the the hands, but like you said too, I think it's corrected, and I, I don't really see a problem with it do you think Judy is worth the first-round pick?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, top ten. pick. If somebody picks him, like, I guess five. is The the only time I would say, hey, maybe it's too rich for my blood is maybe five. But other than that, like, I'm good at Judy top ten. Top five is probably too much. But he does have the – he has the potential to be an Antonio Brown type figure. So – when you have somebody that you can draw that kind of comparison. And if he is good, like that will be the style. That doesn't mean he won't have the same production. Mm -hmm. Hopefully if you listen to this podcast, you're smart enough to know what his are. But the way he will win is the same way Antonio Brown won in the league. So Mm -hmm. if you have somebody that has that kind of skill set, then hell yeah. First round, top 15, whatever. All
0: right. So uh, rolling into your number two. Who do you have as your number two wide receiver?
1: My number two wide receiver, I've been thinking about it. I've been going back and forth, and I just said, hell with it. I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. I think okay. a lot of people have a little questions of whether he can play on the outside or not. He did play mostly slot, but I just saw something in him this year that just made me think he was special, and I think that he will be able to play on the outside. Now, he'll never be your uh, – I think that's your ex-receiver that just plays on the outside and dominates like a Julio or something yeah. like that. But he can play Z, and you can play him in the yeah. slide, and you can run him in motion, and you can do all kinds of things with him. But he's a great route runner. He has good releases. He breaks off the stems well. He's just smooth. He can get contested catches. He can do, like, everything you want a receiver to be to do on a football field. Like, when you look at the definition to me of what a receiver is, that's Justin
0: Jefferson. So
1: <laughs> I don't even have Justin
0: Jefferson in my top five. And it's wow. not disrespectful. It's just,
1: I told you I was I was going a it's little deep. contrarian. So listen, he's definitely in my top. I know my, K.J. Hamler is not, K.J. Hamler is not better than him, but whatever. But, yeah, uh, yeah Hammer, I know. And, a, and I'm so going to, when I
0: get to K.J. Hamler, I will explain to people why I got him there and, and, and whatever, and you can disagree, and it's fine. Jefferson is exactly what you said. He's he's everything you you technically want out of a receiver, um, and when you were talking about the X and the Z spots, he does seem to me more like a Z Z type um, with the ability to uh, run a little bit of. Well, obviously you we expect and play a lot of slot, but I I compared him to Jarvis Landry um, a lot when I was watching him and, and how he played, um, but I think he's a better athlete than Landry. Yeah, I think he's um, a much
1: better.
0: When you think about Burrow and, and the success of that offense last year, Jefferson was was a key to that. I mean, his ability to just create a mismatch wherever he was at on the field. And then just, again, everybody in this, it doesn't matter who we're talking about uh, in the top five to, to honestly, the top 10 receivers in this draft class, they're all amazing athletes with the ball in their hand. Yeah, they are. And I think that's what's going to separate them um, in years to come, I think that's what what has people very excited about the potential of this draft class is that it's not just guys who can catch or guys who are fast, but guys who are just amazing athletes once the ball is in their hands. And it creates so much, like, uh, potential in what uh, offensive minds can do with them, uh, what defenses have to do against them to slow them down, et cetera. So um, –
1: I don't have any issues with Jefferson. I want to say, I want to say with Jefferson, just the production. It's silly for a receiver in a season to have 111 catches, 1500 yards, 18 touchdowns. That's just silly. In the SEC, you say what you want about Burrow the system, that's ridiculous.
0: So um, the one knock that I did see on him too, which I'm pretty sure you're gonna be like, that's ridiculous, because I kind of thought it was ridiculous too. Uh, is that people don't like the idea that he can't potentially play like special teams, or, or he doesn't have the ability what? they said to really play special teams? That and that was coming off your draft breakdown website that I I was looking at earlier, well, not you know, your but... website, but you know the website yeah, of the people. Got a lot of sources, yeah, so, so they, they, they got were a lot of that was like the, the one great <laughs> I think I think Jefferson probably has hmm. if he's if he doesn't have the most reliable hands it's only because C.D. Lamb is, is just a man when it's one-on-one. But I, I see a lot of that in Jefferson, too. Like, he, he can catch through through some contact, and he's tough. Um, so I don't have a problem with him being at your number two. My number two is C.D. Lamb. I don't think most people would have a gripe about that either. But I would say I probably have more cons um, for C.D. Lamb than, than I would anticipate for somebody being in my top two. But you were thinking, you know, the safest pick or, or – Going along the lines of just eff it, I was pretty much on the same wavelength with my uh, my second pick, and I just went with CD. I mean, he's a he's a he's a tough one on one matchup. I know he's he's somewhat limited. It looks like on film because of the offense that he was in. Like I, I think some of the complaints of people are uh, saying that when he's more active, when you're pressed and your man in his face, he likes the contact. Um, but if you're not physical with him, if you drop back in zone and things like that, he tends to pretty much be one-dimensional in the sense that he, he's not going to beat you too bad if he can't get behind you, and I don't know. I think he's more of a traditional um, X receiver um, coming into the league, and I saw somebody compare him to, uh, to Hopkins, and I thought that was a Fairly decent comparison, but again, we're still talking about somebody that ultimately is just a man when the ball's in his hands and yards after the catch. Like he he can really, like he can re- create plays, and it's weird because his speed isn't isn't our guess is the quickness, like the the lateral quickness, isn't what you see out of Judy and some of these other guys that we're going to talk about. Not even out of, like Jefferson. I don't think he's quicker than him mm-hmm. either, but. It doesn't seem to matter because when he has the ball in his hands he can he can create so um and that's
1: my question right there though. yeah that's the question I've had with him because watching him during the season and I watched during the season for fun, I'm not breaking down what I think of them as draft picks. I like to see the cut ups, I like to look at their attributes and all that, but he was the best receiver that I saw, but when you break it down and you look at his uh, his numbers, he ran a four five on the dot and you start to wonder, and I thought Peter Ward, about two weeks ago, I posted that on Twitter, who was very dominant and was impossible to catch. But there are plays where C.D. Lamb is surrounded by four, five, six, I swear to God, six people. He gets out of it and scores a touchdown. That's incredible, but is that C.D. Lamb or is that Big 12 competition? Because the secondary was – all the secondaries in the Big Twelve were all time bad. And I don't want to take anything away from him. I and mean, I'm not a competition guy, but some of those plays are not you can't duplicate that at the NFL level. Yeah,
0: and we um <clears throat> we had briefly discussed that uh before the podcast and, and I'll go ahead and say it on air too. It's it's rare that I look at, at a player and I judge the player or I judge the player's production by the competition that's around him, especially with I'm evaluating, because to me, evaluations don't really like statistics don't really play that big of a part in in the evaluation to me personally. Like I don't care if you went for six, seven hundred thousand yards if you've got terrible route running and, and you're not that fast, then those are going to be the things that I check off. Like if you're if you're getting separation, the ball's not coming on time, and things like that, I'm not necessarily going to hold that against the receiver. I'm going to hold that more against the quarterback. So when I'm looking at the Big 12 corners, though, it's like they don't have a clue, man. Like the corners or the safeties, like they don't have a clue. And obviously, CD's talented, but like you said, imagine somebody going up on six receive, or six DBs in the league. Like we, that's that's rare. And this dude was doing that every Saturday, <laughs> every Saturday. You <laughs> um be stopped. It was it, it was just, so um, I also have to. In, in the same breath, give him credit too because he was productive with what I consider to be an inadequate quarterback.
1: So there's that as well. I mean, think about um, how many targets. I mean, think about how many targets he was getting though. I mean, true. now I'm not taking away. I'm, I'm saying eventually, even Jalen Hurts with this limitation can find him eventually, or just throw a short to him and let him juke eight people. Able to do. So, I'm gonna say one more thing on this. Um, uh-huh. That Cosell, Greg Cosell, who's actually my favorite, more than PFF, which people don't understand. I, I'm at the church of Greg Cosell before I'm in the church of PFL. But he said his weaknesses. He says smooth and fluid more than sudden and explosive. Some questions, separation and quickness as a route runner. A little straight line and linear mm-hmm. as a route runner. A little tight, mm-hmm. a little tight hip at, at times. The other thing he says is some outstanding individual run after catch plays when he has straight line space but did not show a lot of lateral equipment he's in short areas closely yeah. with the ball in his hand. So, yeah. like, a lot of the stuff is what we're talking about. I just don't see, like, how he can duplicate that. Unless it's just special. Unless he just gets this special gear that whoever he plays, he's able to just shake them and get past them. But, yeah, so you know, I tracked to go with tangible.
0: I I agree with that whole assessment, you know. Like, like when I watched him, that was one of the first things I kind of was hesitant on, too, is like, I got to see some lateral quickness, man. You know, like I'm not, obviously I'm not that quick, but still, I mean, I, I know what quickness looks like. I know, I know what quick feet looks like. And, and, and it just, it just didn't stand out to me. Um, And and the whole linear aspect of his game, I think is true. That's why I think he'll be more of a traditional X Um I told you um, off the air that I saw some extreme spectrums. I saw people saying he was going to be Odell. And I saw people saying he was going to be uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I, I'm leaning more to the Hopkins level. Um, as far as separation goes, I mean, if he learns a, a good little push off like Hopkins has, I mean, <laughs> he'll be fine. And, and people can, I know sometimes people get mad when I say that, but it's true, man. Like the dude pushes off. It's fine. He gets away. A lot. It's okay. It's,
1: bad. it's, it's,
0: it's yeah, it's it's just a subtle little tap, you know. It is what it is and, and he's getting production from it. So I think CD could do that. Again, he's a man, he's a man. When when you're talking one-on-one, going up to get it jump balls, he's definitely at the top of that class of uh 2020 with that. And then the yards after the catch, yeah, he ain't going to run across the field, but he can he can he can be one of those one move and and then run downhill and get you 3 4 extra yards even through contact. Uh which I think is solid. So I'm gonna say taking CD, I D I don't wanna take him above ten. But if you took him ten between ten and twenty, that's fine to me. Uh Jefferson, I could see uh ten to twenty as well. What do you think, uh Justin Jefferson and up, oh, he got dropped. All right, well we'll just we'll just catch him back. When he, when he calls back in, I'm sure he'll call right back in. But uh, I was going to ask him, where does he see Jefferson and CD going? Um, I know there's been a lot of talk in the uh, draft about where people are going to get picked at. I'm just letting you guys know that me personally, I think with the wide receiver talent and their ability here this year, I think some of those traditional, well, that's too high to pick a receiver uh, statements need to go out the window because these guys are playmakers. Um Ronnie? Who? Where do you see Jefferson going in the draft? As far as a first round pick, do you think he's a first round pick? And do you think CD is a first round pick?
1: Well, yeah, I, I think CD is a first round pick, and I see CD, CD going in top fifteen. I see Jefferson going in the back half of the second round, the late twenties, like twenty five. Mm-hmm. So, um, think like Eagles or somebody picking him or something like that.
0: Okay, what
1: do you see them lining up at
0: as far as, like, their position on the field? Do you see C.D. playing slot or having the ability to play slot? Do you see Jefferson moving all around? Where do you see them lining
1: up at? Yeah, uh, I was saying Jefferson, I think he can play on the outside, at least to be a Z, and you move around, you motion him. I see Jefferson as a Michael Thomas clone. So you move him all around, but Michael Thomas is everywhere. So that's how I see Jefferson and the way he'll have to win – I see uh, CD playing some slots because I think he might have trouble early on with the releases. Uh, not as much slot as Jefferson, who I think will live in the slot, but I, I do see CD it's maybe like 25% of the time in the slot. And I see like someone like the Jets or the Niners or somewhere in the teens, probably for CD.
0: I did a mock mm-hmm. draft,
1: but I don't have it with me to see where I had him going in my mock draft.
0: I mean, speaking as a Niners fan, if we can't get Judy, I mean, I would take Jefferson after that. Uh, I don't really think that's a big deal. Um, I, I mean, I've looked at what my team personally needs, and I know there's a lot of question as to what kind of receiver that we need. I just, I just personally think we need guys that that can run a route tree, and I don't, I don't think D's that guy. I, I think he's a little limited. And it's not really what I'm looking for in a receiver, but um I know there's there's a lot of teams like CD, if C D went to the Bucks, that would be incredible. Like in the Aaron's offense, that's exactly what he needs, you know? But um yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um there was um there was some criticism of Jefferson. I'm gonna I'm gonna just stick with that for one second. Uh is and it's just like some of this stuff just seems goofy because like you said, when you look at the tape and you look at everything positive about the guy you you can't find anything in there that would say that he's not going to be a potential uh star in the league as far as receiver but i mean the the I mean, his releases are nice the,
1: too so i don't understand yeah. his releases are nice so what what, what are the complaints but i i mean i guess i mean i, I don't i don't see not other than you know he's not He's not Randy Moss. I
0: mean, what what do you want? Like <laughs> he ran he ran a what a four four three? Yeah, he ran a four four three at the combine. Yeah, like, he's six uh, one. He's two hundred two pounds. Yeah, I, I don't understand it either. But um, I, I I like the the idea of him going in the first round. I have no problems with it, even though I didn't put him in my top five. Um, and like I said, I'll explain that later. <clears throat> so I'm going to go ahead. I know it is disrespectful. <laughs> Um, so I put Henry Ruggs the third uh, as my number three receiver, and I got I got a reason for that. I might be falling in love with the speed, but I just have a reason for that. Who's your number three receiver?
1: Uh, I also have Ruggs, which I okay. feel bad about because I I started with yeah. in at second and I dropped him all the way to fourth. So I guess spoiler okay. alert, but yeah, I got Ruggs in yeah. there. So.
0: My thing with Rugs is, is that um, I mean, people keep talking about his ability to be close to the next Tyreek Hill, um, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I fell in love with that as um
1: as a um,
0: as a guy that just he's just fast um, and he's tough, man. And the the kid really plays bigger than what he actually is on the field, and yeah. and it's just. His, his hands are really reliable as well. And I mean, honestly, with speed like that, and we're the, I, mean, I know people probably going to point to Ross, oh, Ross has speed, but no, this boy is a different type of playmaker than Ross was. And I'm just saying, when you put him on the field, if you can get him in the right offense with somebody that's going to really move him around and create mismatches, I and we're, obviously he ain't going to be an X. He's too small for that, but literally. Stick him in the slot and move him around as much as you want and get him the ball in space and he's gonna make people pay, man. Make people pay. And and I I think with with the idea of his literally the speed that he has, which it was like a four two, like you you gotta put him in your top five. Like you just have to off potential loan. I mean, this is the league that we're in now. It's all about yards after catch. What what can you do? with this five to seven-yard throw that I gave you, can you get me 12 to 13? And, I mean, we, we give Patty a lot of praise for his his ability to throw the ball deep. But think about how Tyreek Hill really hurts people. A lot of times it's shorter routes that he just creates more yards after the catch. And I think that's pretty much the evolution of the game right now is people are going to take high percentage throws and, and allow these playmakers to operate in space. And, and this is the this is the prototype
1: for that. And I like him and I watched his film he's and obviously he's so fast and so much running the catch. But I've seen him go deep and just catch the ball mm-hmm. in tight spaces and make contested catches. So there's a lot to like about him and I'll go back and forth until draft day probably with him and Jefferson honestly. So there's like a barely any separation between those two for me. Um and like to have Judy to me is on a tier by himself, slightly. He's like a notch above them and then Jefferson and uh Ruggs on the same level. But I just, but now the only thing that's been starting to bother me about him is A, a lot of times these fast guys don't work out. The super fast guys have a long history of not working out. And then I saw one of the old school, Gil Brandt, compared him to Darius Haywood Bay. He was all over him, he went in so hard. I was like, but, you know, I looked at it, it's like, it's possible. He doesn't do a good job of getting the ball off the line of scrimmage. But honestly, why is there no production? You know, there, there was a there was a fantasy stat, actually. And basically, it's like when, what age your breakout age is. And they said mm-hmm. you're, they can judge your production as a receiver based on your breakout age. So the earlier your breakout age, as far as having productive stats, the better you are in the league based on stats. And obviously his breakout age is a little bit later because this is what is his third season before anybody was really talking about it. So like, why didn't he produce? And he's a, 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 not a straight line speed guy, but he's a fast guy. Mm -hmm. So those are the little questions that I have about him and the ability to get off of press. Yeah. And, and I think that's
0: always going to linger just because of his size. Anyway, the ability to get off of the press, but with it, with his quickness, man. I mean, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that people probably had those same concerns about Tyreek Hill and every quick receiver that's out there. I I think with guys like Rugs, you got to have somebody that that's creative with their scheme. You have to at some point. Like you you can't just depend on this guy to to outrun everybody and that's how he's going to get get his yards and stuff. Like I mean, the league for what it's worth. Like, they're creative in, in, in shutting down people, like, their positive attributes. So if you're running a 4-2 and, and you're running by everybody, they'll typically figure it out, like, you know, a way to slow you down. They can't slow down Tyreek because of the scheme, you know. And we talked about this in the group before, like Andy Reid's scheme and how he uses spacing to really get guys open, how he, he loves to give you the same look on certain routes, especially with Kelsey Um like to sit in the middle if you're playing uh zone, so you gotta jump on that. But if you're playing man, he'll run Tyreek Hill behind that that little squat in the zone that, that you used to see Kelsey sitting, now you're in man, he's sitting, now you're in like you've got too much clutter and he'll slip through and he's free because people are running into each other and he gets what, like a thirty yard gain or something like that. So it's like little nuances like that. If you can get rugs in the offense um that has that ability then by all means, I think he'll have a great career. But you know, we we stick him with some of these guys that we know have no vision. And I mean, I'm not gonna call him out, Bill O'Brien. Uh, but if we stick him with people like that, then I mean, yeah, he probably will be. He probably won't even be Darius Hayward Bay. He'll probably be uh, who's that kid from um that used to return the kicks for the Redskins, Banks or whatever. He'll probably yeah, be that. yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, I I'm I'm high on him. Um, that's why he's at my three. Just the potential there, and and I don't I don't see how he can't be successful with his ability unless he goes to an offense that's just stagnant. The Raiders. All right. So <laughs> you said what? The Raiders?
1: Uh, yeah, like the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders if the Raiders took him if 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 they had the chance because um. From what I understand, Mayock loves speed, loves speedy guys, and and this is the speed yeah, that's of, of speed. Yeah, so um, if he falls to
1: thirteen, Derek Carr if not you throw to him, him next year, the trigger I think Gruden would just lose his mind because Derek Carr is king of check down these days. He would lose his mind if he would throw to him. I,
0: I mean, I mean, we we have a whole another show for Derek Carr, and and you know my hate for Gruden is is next level. But um it ain't it ain't it ain't Gruden's fault that cars is still trash, that's for sure. Um, especially out there with uh Honey Badger has said that one week when they were like, Oh, we knew where he was gonna throw the ball. <laughs> I think I had said something <laughs> on our podcast about it, like once they started declining. But um anyway, going to the number four, this is the one that everybody's probably if the, like this is the type of pick that you find out if people really listen to the show because I got K J Hamler as my number four receiver. So I'm going to see if, if people actually listen because I expect to be to be at it, especially from Corey, who's probably going to be like, "What?" Um, so I'm going to explain why I got KJ there. I can't help but to think that this kid is is the real deal in far as toughness and and the ability at the next level to really be productive. Like I saw a lot from KJ. Um, in the sense that he he didn't really have a lot of fear when he was going across the middle for the ball, um, he's definitely not the biggest of frames. But then you put the ball in his hands, and I would say he's probably top two, top three, arguably uh, in this class when it comes to yards after the catch, catching the ability. And and he's super uh, intelligent with the ball in his hands as well. Like his vision is is pretty good for a receiver. And then he also has the ability to be a return man um, at the next level, so I think that adds value to him as well. Um, who's your number four? You said you had CD, I think, earlier. Yeah, I had
1: CD, yeah. But okay. I, I, just, I just think okay. somebody like this is somebody that you can get in the second, third, fourth round or whatever. And he, if you scheme right, he can be a very special player within your system. But – to put him this high as a gadget guy who in the perfect system is gonna thrive, but you really gonna have to carve out special sets of your playbook for a guy like that. I don't. If I'm gonna put somebody in my four, it's gonna be a guy who could be my number one, no matter what. That'll yeah, be my- I I I get that. I get that. But
0: in my in my mind, and, and this is just probably me being. <clears throat> Too ambitious. I feel like guys like Hamler are gonna gonna play a bigger role in the in the league where we're not gonna view them as as gadget guys anymore because there's gonna be so many plays and things like designed to get them the ball. Like they're just gonna be become pretty much the main source of the system, like uh like an Edelman basically. Like like would you consider Edelman a gadget guy? I mean. Kinda is to Elements some degree. Oh, we have to look that up. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's not this, but but he's got he's got nine, time to seven. add yeah. some size. He's yeah he's he's Elements. 170 pounds. So can wet, maybe.
1: He's not and one seventy six. How much size? Man, he, ain't going really, five, he ain't
0: really five right? really nah, Man, is, they lying
1: about that, yo. They lying <laughs> about that. I saw that boy. He at least God. he at least half, man. I watched the game on the – what do you call it? Had, on yeah, the sports. gym at the gym, and I thought he was a running back first time I saw him play. <laughs> so, look, they were like uh, – uh, I, I, mean, I love him as a playmaker.
0: Yeah. On one of the tapes I watched, they were like, man, he was such a beast, and then he met Akuda, And I'm like, come on, bro. Like, Akuda pretty much done put clamps on everybody he touched. Like, if, if you really going to judge him off that game, then – Give him a break. Jeez. All right, Akuda shut him fair. down. I mean, that's a, not a fair assessment because that's – How huge, many people uh, – I was about to be like, how many, how many people in this class going to say Akuda didn't shut him down, you know? If he got his hands on you, it was There's a wrap. It's be a
1: long um, to guys that Akuda shuts down, period. It's just going to be a long list of bodies for that guy.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to end up having to rechange this because I, I did disrespect Jefferson, but I just
1: like Hamler. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run with it. To,
0: draft, I know I'm man. gonna run with it. He might be like 185 pounds. Maybe a girl an inch or two. I don't know. He
1: is they just small, man. He is small. Tell us about the football players. I don't
0: know. Now I will say this. I, I I'll beer I will off just a quick second. Um, um, I want to make sure I'm saying his name right. Rager from um, TCU. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. Now I would, yeah, I would. I think he's what you want to see out of Hamler, really. But yeah,
0: yeah, he is kind of. And I was gonna
1: say I wouldn't mind adding
0: him at the four or adding Jefferson at the four. Those, Those two are my what I like on my little like cheat sheet here with my notes. I had put you know Hamler and then I put like a, um, a little check mark. And then, like, drew an arrow over to my others and circled Jefferson and Rager uh, as well because they they're great talents. Um, I wanted to say too that I didn't mention in the um, beginning of the podcast one of the other positives about this draft class is that a lot of these kids at receiver are track guys, so they know how to run, which makes a ton of difference. And when you're talking about people how they accelerate. Uh, DXO and things like that. How they're shifting and, and changing speeds and their routes and, and things like that. And we're talking about footwork, and then just outright straight line speed as well. Like track guys, they're making a name for themselves more more now than they have in the past. Because once the ball's in their hands and the things they've done with yards after the catch, I mean Tyreek Hill is one of those guys. He ran track. I mean, it's, it's out there, and I think Rager ran track. Um, I want to say Mims was known to do some track. Um, Ruggs was on there as well. And I think Hamler um, also participated in track. I wouldn't be surprised if Jefferson did either. Like, I mean, like a lot of these top guys in this draft class um, have some track background, and I think that's going to help separate this class as well. Um, We'll round off with the number five. Who's your number five?
1: Laviscus, I think I said Laviscus, or Laviscus, yeah. whatever, Chenault, out of Colorado. This kid, to me, is, has the potential to be really special. So raw. Huge, chiseled body. He stands out from everybody on the tape, just out of everybody else. You know, he looks like the Incredible Hulk. And they line him up in a wildcat a lot of times, run after a catch. He can explode and go get the ball. He is just a monster. You give him the ball, he's going to run you over. You throw it up, he's going to jump over you and snatch it. He's just a physical freak. And I don't know. I keep mocking him to Baltimore, which would be scary. Like, he's that project kind of like uh, last year with the kid from old Miss. Well, I can't remember his name. That I was. Oh, kind of like yeah, the raw project. Yeah, yeah, Metcalf, the raw project is not refined, but oh my God, like when you see somebody with those kind of physical tools, you have to try to refine it because you don't want to face that. That's the thing. Do do other teams want to face that? No. 6'1", 227, and he looks and plays a lot bigger.
0: Yeah, when you look at the some of the scouting reports for him, I read I read one that said he played everywhere but offensive line. And it's true. I mean yeah, he was everywhere. They they even had the boy at quarterback in the Wildcat formation and you know, uh Jay said something um when we were we made the list to see, you know, with people voting, uh he was like, F that dude like, if you wanna see some tape on him, watch the Nebraska game. That man went yeah. off. He went off, uh, but yeah, physically imposing. Um, when I read about him, even before I like really gave it a good look, just looking at the the size and just his ability to to just line up anywhere and, and not afraid of contact and just one on one, just dominating people for the ball. I drew the comparison to Anquan Bolden um, in my mind. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if some people agree with that or not, but it would be a dream come true for Baltimore to have somebody like that because he, he would add a whole nother dimension to their game, especially when they run the ball, because he is all about some contact, man. He's, a, like you said, big body receiver, and um, he's actually fast, too, which I don't think people – and like I said um, prior to this, you know, there, there's some guys out here with some uh, track backgrounds, but um, I want to say he was running um, – he was running under uh four four two. So um I mean I'm, I'm I'm gonna fact check that real quick.
1: Um
0: on his uh um, Yeah, I, don't draft profile. He ran, but I felt like he ran I thought he ran a
1: good yeah. forty, but I don't I don't have it right
0: in front of me. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um alright. So it's saying but a four five two? eight. I thought it was faster than that, but alright, well it's four five eight. I didn't all right, never mind. But I mean, shoot, still running a four five eight at two hundred twenty pounds. But there's one that's one thing too I wanted to talk about. About forty times, they don't always tell the whole truth. And, and again, if you can run some decent routes and stuff, and that is one knock on him, is that he's got to refine his route running. But I, I think um, with with the size that he has, you know, we talked about people creating separation. You ain't going to get around that frame a lot. You know, a lot of these cornerbacks ain't but 195 pounds at, at, at that. And then they're usually, they're still roughly around six foot, six one. I mean, that's, they're not, he's got 30 pounds on him, about an inch, and then you got to adjust for like arm length and things like that. Like, he's, he'll still be fine as long as he can continue to get separate and learn and things like that. Um, which, I think people are anticipating somebody will draft him and then work on him with that because he did move around a lot in Colorado. I think because of that, um he he wasn't able to refine his ability as a wide receiver, but it was still good enough. You know? Yeah. Um one other interesting stat about Chenault um as far as that forty time and, and why I think some people are not reading too much into it. I do believe Last year and the year before that he was tops in the nation uh for like yards after the catch average, I yeah. wanna say. Or he was he was up there, he's like top five in the nation with that. And you talking about a guy that's running a, a four, five, eight according to his forty time. It could have just been a bad time. But um yeah, he's still got ability galore when the ball's out of his hands and he finishes like a, a running back tight end. So gotta keep that in mind. Um, who was a guy that you heard people talk about that you just didn't care too much for?
1: Oh, gosh. The first name that comes to mind, but it's a work in progress. First one that comes to mind is Denzel Mim. Like Twitter, draft Twitter, love Denzel Mim. And I haven't been able to, you know, I struggle with it. In the past, I feel like he's somebody I would really, really like. And he's very athletic and he's very long and he did really well at the senior bowl. But I just see like a lack of polish, a lack of competitiveness when you watch the tape in his game that he will make the highlight catches, but he's not going to go like the extra mile to really, he's totally reliant on his athletic gift. He's not a, he's not a horse and he's not going to separate. I mean, he's not a dog is what I'm saying. He doesn't have the dog in it. And to play, like a Dez Bryant or like a uh even a Michael Irvin. But a Dez mm-hmm. Bryant or a I'm trying to think of somebody, uh else who plays like Dez, who's big and plays like Dez. But whoever, to play, be that size guy and not be able to get separation, but be a physical beast, you have to have the dog in you and be very aggressive. And he just wasn't on tape. So that so I just I can't I can't co sign somebody that's not gonna be aggressive, and if you're not a great route runner, how in the hell? I mean, you're not going to win an NFL just being more athletic than everybody. That's been proven time and time again.
0: Yeah, I um, I wasn't high on Mims either. Uh, some of that too is because, I mean, you know, I watch I watch Baylor, I watch Big Twelve, and I watch a lot of and obscure offense. Yeah, I was just say it's it's not it wasn't a pretty offense at all, man. Like it just. Just wasn't. I, I I get why you would draft him based off his physical tools and things like that, but in my mind there wasn't a lot to go off of um, on film to to make me put him in my top five. So I was pretty low on um, Memes. Also, one I think that might surprise some people. Not that high on Higgins. I'm not that high on why Higgins not? at the next level. I don't know. I just I just. Personally, think he's a little soft, man. I mean, you know, I made that joke about calling him frail body <laughs> because uh-huh. like, he gets nicked. He gets nicked a lot, and and that bothers man. me because because you gotta play through a lot of that stuff and, at the next level, and it's like I can't have you going like to when I made the joke about being frail body. It was an Anthony Davis reference. I'm like, when the guy's on the field, he's amazing, but. You're gonna miss him for two and a half quarters because he's got like a, a bruise or, or a strain or something like that. I'm like, dude, you gotta get that you gotta get that together. And and I I, I get some of it, but I I it just turned me off a little in, in the face of his peers in this class. So I didn't put him in my top five. Um actually wouldn't even put him in my top. Five. He'd probably be more around like the eight or nine number which I agree with draft breakdown on that. I think they had him around like 11. I wouldn't have him necessarily that low, but I wouldn't have him that close to my top five either. Um, I like him better So, Yeah, no, I, I I will say that. I do like him better than Mims, but the, just the, the consistency of these Knicks, man, it just bothers me because you're going to get hit in the league, man. Like, it just happens. And, and I'm not going to lie. I personally think he kind of – punked out a little against uh LSU. So, I mean, there's that too, so I don't know. I mean, if if I had millions of dollars waiting on me and this team had an unstoppable offense, I probably wouldn't play that hard either. <laughs> 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 so, so, I'm not I guess I shouldn't hold that too much against them. But yeah, so in conclusion, In conclusion, you guys can slam me for K.J. Hamler. That's fine. I'm going to die on that hill, just not as quick as I died on this Winston Hill. I ain't backing him that hard. But um, this draft class, in my mind, should be special. Um, I don't ever want to call anybody the best ever before I've seen anything on the film. But potential-wise, especially in light of the last, like, four or five draft classes we've had. There's potential for these guys to to be playmakers all the way into what I think would be some third round guys that are going to get picked up, um, could be playmakers and contributor contributors uh, for an extended period of time in the league. There are some gimmick guys in there. Um, you know, Hamler's one of them. Like Ronnie pointed out, he's five nine. He's a midget. He's five nine. He's 170 pounds, depending on what he ate that morning. So. Um, You got guys like that, and then you also have just physical specimens like Chenault Jr., uh, who's just a a tank. Uh, C.D. Lamb is is a big receiver as well. Then you got your technicians like Jerry Judy and and, uh, Jefferson as well. So I'm excited about this class. I'm I'm excited about – I'm probably the most excited about the wide receiver class, and it could be because I like Judy. But what's your overall take on this class and their potential?
1: Very, very deep. We didn't get to guys like uh, Van Jefferson, a kid out of uh, SMU that has supposed to have really good hands, but uh, we haven't talked about. Donovan Peoples-Jones is not bad, and he really tested off the charts. We haven't talked about Michael Pittman, K.J. Hill Jr., uh, Brian Edwards, who I really like out of South Carolina. I like Colin Johnson. I mean, yeah, I like Colin Johnson out of Texas a lot. Uh, we talked about Rager. There's a guy from uh, – the kid from Arizona State that a lot of people are high on. This is a very, very deep class, and I like it, like, a lot. I think we're going to find guys and no guys. There's a kid from Liberty, uh, Antonio Golden. Like, just mm-hmm. – there's just such – which I'm not high on. But he's out there, yeah. chase, uh, Claypool, Notre Dame, I'm not high on. But, again, they're out there. People like him. There's a lot to like, and you can wait. And I think this will be one of those draft classes where for the next 10 years we're going to constantly see guys produce out of this draft class from the highest levels to the middle class levels.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think there's going to be some teams that are that are already good, and just looking to plug in a piece, and, and they can find that in this draft at wide receiver if they're looking for a wide receiver piece. I, I really believe that. Um, So, I'm not sure what we're going to do next for the top five. Top. I, you know what? I know what we'll do next. We'll do DBs. So, we'll combine them, DBs, cornerbacks he, and
1: safeties. You can find a yeah, good person to do. I mean, if you, can, if you can find somebody else, that's cool, too. But I love the DBs, too, the DB classes. So, I think DB is even deeper than wide receiver. And I think DB, and I, everybody talks about receivers, but these DBs are here for days. Yeah. I really like the DBs. Yeah. I had a chance to watch and them all. I've read up on a lot of them,
0: and i watched a lot of them. Yeah, and I was going to say skill-wise, like the technique of these DBs, man, and, and the number one thing that I absolutely love that has been killing me for years is that these this class of DBs, they can find the ball in the air. Like, they they can cover and turn their heads and find the ball, and that means everything to me. Like, there's so many guys, even some top-level guys that we have in the league that honestly can't turn their head around and find the ball. I mean, Byron Jones just can't find the ball. I mean, he can defend, (laughs) just can't find the ball. And, and I mean, it it matters. I mean, you get, what, he gets 12 defended passes, he probably can maybe catch one or get his head around for one. I mean, that matters. But then there's other guys like Gilmore who can do it, or at least last year, he did it at a, at a such a great level that, you know, you have no problem with, with, you know, what he does on defense. But they're both very good. But that literally changes the game. Like, if you're catching the ball instead of knocking it down, it makes a world of difference. And I think we've got some hybrid cornerback safeties out here in this class that can really change the game. I think the league is, is definitely transitioning to this positionless secondary. Um, and and I think we've got a lot of positionless guys in this class, and I and uh, like you know what you were saying, that that makes it enticing. They're gonna, it's definitely a deep class. So we'll do that. I'll probably ask Marcus or somebody I know who knows how to actually play cornerback and, and safety, and uh, get them on here. If not, um, you know you're more than welcome to call in. I mean you're Vince McMahon, so you can just call in and just butt in. So he would be
1: good at <laughs> it. So, uh,
0: yeah, so I'll ask Marcus. If not, I will do offensive line by myself. I don't care what Ronnie says. He we'll just do the it. Fourth right. <laughs> <faith, my laughs> But yeah, I'm say so um, yeah, so definitely keep an eye out for the next top five, top five. I will be back on my grind. If you guys are not paying attention, I am at like pick number sixteen for our mock draft. So I will get back on um, grading those picks. I will also be grading the
1: pace.
0: Um, I don't want to say live because that might be too much, but I will be grading the, the entire draft um, that we have uh, in a couple weeks as well. So um, bear with me. I'll tell them how I'm going to do that, but um, I'm also looking into doing that for the group as well because we still don't have sports. So out here doing what we can. Support your, your local horse racing.
1: <laughs> uh, don't be holding us down. Podcast, but- Five stars for the podcast. We are listening. You rate, subscribe, give it five stars, write a review if you have time.
0: Yeah, five stars on the podcast. Uh, check out our other content. I know Team Turnbuckle is, is out here producing every week. I think they had a WrestleMania podcast last week. Make sure you check that out as well. All right. Uh, Ronnie, thanks for calling, man. Um, this has been Top 5, Top 5, the wide receiver 2020 NFL draft class assessment, and we're done.
1: All right?